Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. And thank you, Pastor Matt, uh, for this uh, opportunity again. I always consider it an honor uh, to be invited to deliver the Word of God, and especially when you have the confidence of your pastor who allows you to do that in your own home church. Of course, the good news is he can always come back next Sunday and correct anything that I messed up on, right? <laughs> uh, well, uh, before um, I get into the, the word that the Lord laid on my heart for this morning, uh, I want to share a word of encouragement. You can call it the prophetic word if you will. And I'm going to ask the guys to put up that uh, picture of the plant on, this, on the screen because that's where this, this word came from. Uh, if you can find that in a minute. So... It, it's, it's going to come, okay? When it comes, it'll become real, very, very clear to you, okay? <laughs> now, I'm not a, I'm not a gardener. Um, I, I don't have a green thumb. I think it might actually be a brown thumb because a lot of things that I plant turn brown. And so, so there's, there's the picture. So this is uh, a hibiscus, as I found out a few years ago, okay? And so the, this hibiscus that is in the bigger part used to be in the smaller part. And so, uh, Slojana, who understands gardening way better than me, she just doesn't do it, okay? She said to me, uh, hey, I think that uh, hibiscus needs to be transplanted into something a little bit bigger. And so, so I did that. As I'm doing that, I felt the Lord saying to me, you know, uh, there are many in this particular season who are feeling like you've been uprooted from where you were really comfortable and you have now been replanted, transplanted into something that is bigger, some place where you have never been uh, before. And I felt like that, that word applies to us at a number of different levels. Uh, for some of you, it may be job-related, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, you were in a very, very small office uh, with just a few people, and now God has taken you out of there and put you into a much larger place uh, maybe a corporation with, uh, with many more than you're, you're used to working. But I also felt that word was very significant for Lake Mount in this season. Uh, because as those of us who have been connecting here for a few years know, uh, our, our, our congregation has been experiencing some incredible growth. And, and, and I feel the word is for those of you who may have come from an, another, uh, another church, another ministry, another town, whatever the case may be, and, and feeling just a little bit, um, you know, out of place or uneasy about being in this, uh, in this bigger setting or in this bigger part, if you will. And what, what the Lord wanted me to tell you is that this is a place where you're going to set deep roots. Because, see, that's what the, the bigger part, the deeper part, really allows you room to send your roots even deeper than ever before. And, and, and when, when the roots grow deeper then the growth happens on the outside, doesn't it? On the external side, and you will bloom, and you will bear fruit where God has planted you. So, so there. Is that a good word? Yeah? Did you receive it? Okay. Amen. Okay. This morning, um, sometimes God speaks to me in the shower. Does he speak to you? Okay. For me, it comes in the form of songs. And I just heard a song that I honestly haven't hummed or even thought about for at least 30 years. Now, back in my teen years, 
late teens, I became a really big fan of Billy Joel. Any Billy Joel fans here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just the way you are. Okay, anyway. So, but the song that came to me was Say Goodbye to Hollywood. And I thought, Lord, why are you saying that to me? I have no ambitions in Hollywood. <laughs> Even though I got the rugged, you know, good looks and everything else. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm 65 years old. Okay? All right. I think Robert Redford maybe came close to looking as good as I do in his time, okay? <laughs> and I felt the word was for somebody, and I'm not sure who it is. So if it is for you seated here, please receive it. If it's somebody that is watching online. But I just felt that we're anointing on that word. So, so please take it. All right, now I can get into the word. So about three weeks ago, uh, I was actually here at pre-service prayer. And, and I felt the Lord say, look up Ephesians 4, uh, 11 to 16. And so I thought, well, I, 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 pretty well, I know that passage. You know, I've probably preached on it 35 times in 35 years of ministry. And the Lord said, no, I, I want you to take a look at it. And so I opened up my, uh, my Bible app and, and started reading through. And I'm going to read, read it for you again today and then share with you what the Lord showed me in that passage. So Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, Pastor Matt actually preached on, on these same verses last, last Sunday. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And what jumped out at me, you know, Pastor Matt talked about this uh, recently, that sometimes, you know, you read the same passage you've read many times and something will jump out at you that you wonder if it was there all the time. Well, that's what happened to me with this passage. Because what jumped out at me was the expression, the mature body of Christ. I thought, I've never seen that before. I've seen the portion about, you know, becoming mature and so on, but... Jesus, what are you saying? And I felt the Lord say, I don't just want you to be my body. I want you to be my mature body. And the next day, in my personal reading, I was going to 1 Corinthians. Uh, here's the next one. That The verse that jumped out at me was uh, chapter 2, verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Again, there's a word of wisdom that can only be spoken among the mature. And again, the Lord was confirming the desire of his heart that we become the mature body of Christ. And so, so I want to just unpack this a little bit this morning. And so, so let's first look at 
1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14, where the Apostle Paul actually introduces the body of Christ. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13, and then last part was verse 27. <clears throat> you see, the body of Christ is not an analogy for the church or some kind of a theological construct, but it is an ontological reality. You didn't think I could talk like that, did you? Okay, that's, that's Dr. Sam speaking, okay? Now, I'll, I'll break it down even more. The church is called the Bride of Christ. Now, over 35 years of uh, ordained ministry, I saw a lot of brides. Went to a lot of weddings, seen even more brides. You know what all the brides had in common? They all had a body. <laughs> The, being the body of Christ is the reality of who we are in Christ. Hello? So here's what the Lord wanted me, want, want me to notice that day is that you can be the body, but you have to become the mature body. You see, identity is a gift. Maturity is a choice. Identity is free. Maturity is costly. Identity is instantaneous. The moment you invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life, then your identity now has changed. But maturity is a process in which you live out that identity with intentionality. So identity with intentionality produces maturity. So let, let me illustrate uh, this just as for who I am. So I was born as Sam. So I am Sam. I am Sam. I am. That's Sam. I am Sam. <laughs> I, I do not like green eggplant. What did you say? Green eggplant and yam. That's the vegan version. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure all the vegans are applauding me. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay. Right. Okay. But friends, the Sam I am today is not the Sam I was yesterday. And the Sam I will be tomorrow is not the Sam I am today. Uh, let me show you a picture of another Sam from our family. Uh, not that one. That's not a Sam. A Sam would never do that. <laughs> the little boy, the little boy Sam. There. Okay. Now, this little Sam actually comes to this church. You can guess which one it is, because there's only two, two that you can choose from. Actually, if you look closer at the cake, you, you'll probably see his name. Okay. Now, this is a Sam at age one. Of course, you know, we, let, we just let him eat his cake. Well, he had his cake and ate it too that day, all right? 
but the way that he ate cake that day is not the way that he eats cake today. <laughs> if it was, we're in big trouble as parents <laughs> because we forgot to do something. Now, now this week, uh, that baby Sam there is actually going to have a baby Sam into the family. Now, in the beginning, that baby Sam, I mean, that, the due date is October 6th, but I'm prophesying it's, it's actually October 4th, okay? <laughs> now, that baby for a season is going to be reliant on his mother. He's going to be sometimes be given a pacifier when he wants his mother. For a season, he will be quite likely a thumbsucker. But he will not remain a baby for long. Now, I know some of you parents of teenagers wish they did, but because they don't talk back, they don't frown back when you smile. Jesus, bring back the good old days. That's your prayer. And, and some of it is, is growth. But friends, maturity is not the same as growth. No any immature grown-ups? Now you can put up the other picture. Because here, here's one that I picked up the internet. I don't know if you can see it quite, quite as well or not. Do you get it? Yes. So this guy is actually grown up. But maybe his maturity level still hasn't quite caught up with his age. So, so here's the thing. Here's the word, friends. Our goal is not growth. Our goal is maturity. And, and I felt the Lord really wanting me to say a, a special word for pastors because I, feel, you know, I know for a fact that there are many pastors who, who watch the, the message, the recording uh, afterwards. Uh, and so here's the word that the Lord wanted me to uh, say to pastors and leaders especially. Focus on maturity and growth will come. If you focus on growth alone, you may miss maturity. And to be even more specific, focus on addition only, and you might end up with division. But if you're not discouraged by subtraction because you focus on maturity, you'll be delighted with multiplication. You'll have to rewind that and get that again, all right? Because I don't even know if I can say it again, okay? <laughs> See, growth can happen with very little effort. Feed your kid beef with steroids in it, and you'll grow. That's why our sons are taller and bigger than we are. You can grow with knowledge. You know, you can, you can read, you can take classes. But friends, that kind of growth does not equate to maturity because as the Apostle Paul cautions us in 1 Corinthians 8.1, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Maturity takes time and effort, and maturity is your responsibility and mine. You know, uh, somebody once came to Bill Johnson and said, uh, Bill, can you impart all that you have to me? And Bill said, yes, I can lay hands on you, and I can impart to you my anointing, but I cannot impart to you my history with the Lord. Maturity cannot be achieved simply by the laying on of hands, by impartation. 
Uh, if it could, then charismatic Christians would be the most mature in the world. That's a mad singer, by the way. Okay? Maturity is also a pursuit of the individual heart, but it has the community at its heart. Maturity requires community. You can grow in isolation, but you can only mature in community because you're a part of the body. Now, you can grow outside the body, but you cannot keep on maturing. You know, I mean, I mean we, we can grow cells in vitro, but those cells do not become a baby until they are implanted uh, in the body. Amen? So identity can be solitary, but maturity requires community. And uh, iron sharpens iron, right? Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And when we have community, maturity requires accountability uh, with others or with, with one particular person, with maybe a mentor, a leader, a teacher, a pastor. But see, this is why Paul reminded us that Christ gave us these gifts, and the gifts he gave us are people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he says, it is, these gifts are given to you so that you may become mature attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. And last Sunday, Pastor Matt uh, delivered a masterful message on the fivefold. It was concise but precise. And I would encourage you, if you weren't here or haven't listened to it, to go back and listen to it because you will get that understanding. Now, by the way, there's another verse in the word in that, in that whole teaching, in that passage, and, and, the, and here's, what, here's the word. So Christ gave himself all of these to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. In other words, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are not just for a season somewhere there because we have still yet to reach unity in the faith and Grow the measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen? And, and friends, that can happen in many ways in community. You know, I, I talked about maybe individual accountability with, uh, with someone else or with a small group. Uh, life groups, you know, if you're, if you're part of Lake Mount, then, then life groups are a, an area or, or, a, or an aspect of our life together as a community where you can grow into maturity from where you are right now. So what are some markers of unity? I cannot hit on all of them, but I'll hit on a few of them this morning. Number one, in this text, Paul says it's about unity. So unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Unity is not uniformity. Unity doesn't mean you surrender your uniqueness, but there are certain things on which Unity is non-negotiable. In the faith, what, is, what, is Paul, what does Paul mean by in the faith? He's talking about what constitutes what we would call today the doctrines of the faith. And on the basic doctrines of the faith, there cannot be any waffling. There needs to be total unity. There cannot be any division. 
In, in verse 3, actually, before we, we got to verse 11 in chapter 4 uh, of Ephesians, Paul says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And, and in the body of Christ, we value unity very, very highly. And, and that is why, uh, I mean, I've been blessed for the past uh, four, almost five years to be here virtually every Sunday and, and sit under the, the teaching, the preaching of Pastor Matt. And, and one of the things that I really appreciate about our pastor, our leader, is that there's no room for compromise with our pastor. Amen? Yeah. And, and again, he keeps, that, he keeps on hammering that over and over again. He keeps on you know, really, in some ways, indoctrinating us in those fundamental beliefs and doctrines on which there's no compromise. And so we, that's where the unity absolutely has to be before it can be into any other area. And so if we do not value unity, that could be a sign of, um, let's say, lack of maturity. Okay? The second thing, the second marker that Paul points out to us is that when we are aiming for maturity, then we are not stuck in infancy. That's why he says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. On the one hand, we are all called to be childlike. But we're not called to be childish. There may be times when we will cry like a baby in the presence of God, but we're not, we're not called to be a crybaby. And that's why if you go to your pastor's office, they have a secret drawer where they keep uh, Kleenex. That's when, when you cry out of genuine repentance. They also keep pacifiers there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Some of you got it. All right. Okay. Or some of them actually touch the intercom and say Pacific. And when they say Pacific, the secretary knows that's the code word for bringing a pacifier. Right? Okay, that one didn't quite land, but that's okay. <laughs> See, a diet of milk only produces milk toast Christians. A diet of solid food produces rock-solid Christians. So how do we grow? How do we grow from, from being infants to becoming mature? Well, in the natural, it, it has a lot to do with the food we eat, isn't it? And it is the same thing in our Christian life that the Word of God becomes the meat that puts muscle on the bones of our faith. So it is not just about getting into the word, but it is about getting the word into you. And that's why in Psalm 1 and, and Joshua 1.9 and many other places in the Bible, you know, we see this word used, meditate on the word, on the law in the Old Testament context. Now, meditating is not just, you know, like sitting silently and emptying your mind and, you know, chanting some mantra. In, this, in Scripture... Meditate is actually to speak out, to murmur, 
is one of the translations. You know what another meaning of the word is? Ruminate. Now, who normally ruminates? A cow does. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm not calling anybody cows, okay? All right. <laughs> cows chew the cud. See? I, I took some uh, science classes way back when. Okay? And meditating is chewing upon the truths that we have received from the word and that we have heard in the preaching of the word. It's really interesting. <laughs> in the Old Testament, animals that did not chew the cud were actually considered to be unclean. So when we ruminate on the word of God, then something happens to us that we grow strong, we become mature. You know, Pastor Matt talked last week about, about the Logos word and the Rima word. When you get deep into the Logos word, then Logos becomes Rima. See, you don't just wait on God and say, God, give me a Rima word. You have to start somewhere. And when you start with the Logos word, you will get Rima. And you know why the Logos word is very important? Because the Rima word of God will never violate the Logos word of God. God will never violate his revelation in his written word by giving you a spoken word. Whether it's personally in your spirit or through a prophet, that's, that's just the way it is. Deal with it. Another marker of, this, of uh, maturity is discernment. That's what Paul's saying here. You know, you should not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And, and friends, this is the, one of the dangers in the church is somebody can throw something at you, have a scripture to back it up, and you swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. No, you need to have the discernment. How do you get the discernment is by building up your reservoir, your reserve of the Word of God, so when someone says something that sounds mildly off, the Word of God comes up and says, this is the standard, that's not. It violates that standard, so there is something of a flesh involved in what was just spoken to you. Now, as a matter of fact, we're not going to go there today in any depth, but I would encourage you to read Hebrews 5, 12, all the way to chapter 6, verse 3, and, and here Paul says to the, to the, to the people who that he's writing to, you need milk, not solid food, because he says you're not acting like even babies. But, he says, verse 14, solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Maturity takes work. Maturity comes by constant use. Friends, you know, the Holy Spirit has given us all incredible gifts. But for us to put those gifts to good use, constant use is required. Amen? That's how you grow. You know, like all of us can hear from God. All of us have the ability to hear from God for others. But why do some people get good at prophecy more than others? It's because of constant use. They, they, they take chances. You know, I remember, remember the Sunday that Pastor Lisa preached on this, and she gave us all permission. Just turn to somebody and release. See, that's the beginning of constant use. That was a single use here. But by constant use, you keep on doing that, and then you reach levels of maturity that are not possible 
when you keep it to yourself. And then in, in chapter 6, Paul says, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. All right, I'll let you go home and read that and reflect on that. Meditate on it, ruminate on it, chew the cut, and it'll get into you. The, the other marker that Paul mentions in this passage, the text for today, is speak the truth in love. And I'm sure you've heard the saying before that truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. Love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. Uh, and that, that's not a Dr. Sam original, okay? Uh, I heard from somebody else say that. Truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. Love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. A mark of maturity is that we can disagree without being disrespectful. We can be doctrinally sound without being dogmatic about it. We can have hearts of velvet and wills of steel. And speaking the truth in love is not just about talking to others and telling them, oh, I sure told them, I'll tell you, but I did it in love, praise God. <laughs> He's never going to talk to me again, but I did it in love, okay? No, it's, it's not just about talking to others and just letting them have it, telling them the truth and all those kind of things. Telling the truth, speaking the truth in love, sometimes is about speaking the truth over yourself of who you are. And do it in love. <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love what? Yourself. So speaking the truth in love over who we are how we are, cre I'm, I'm created in God's image. I'm the righteousness of, of, of Christ. Of, for, who? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right? And so, friends, these are truths that we declare over ourselves. We speak the truth in love. But we also speak the truth over those who are closest to us in love. Now, Sloja and I, one of the things that we do is, um, is, is work with married couples who are at the point of giving up on their marriage and get them back on track. And, and one of the things that we have noticed is that in the, in the beginning, all you can see for, about your spouse is through rose-colored bifocals. <laughs> I mean, they can do, say the, the most absurd things. Oh, that is so poetic. Okay. But as time goes on, we do not see each other the same way. And one of the things we discovered in our mentorship is that we need to help spouses see each other the way that God sees them. And so uh, there's an exercise, you know, we often give couples to do, and that's like take some time and ask God, you know, how does he see your spouse? Write a letter to them from God saying, dear so-and-so, uh, this is how I see you. And not everybody's able to get into it. And so the Lord gave us a revelation of take 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 and declare that over your spouse. So, so Slojana, for example, would say, Jiva is patient, Jiva is kind. There's a voice in her head that says, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but she's declaring the truth or she's speaking the truth over me in love. He does not envy, he does not boast, he's not proud, does not dishonor others, etc. So friends, speaking the truth in love, but ultimately, ultimately, what is maturity? Paul defines that for us. He says, it is about attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Ultimately, maturity is Christ-likeness. That is the standard. That is what we judge all of our, our expectations of maturity from. And, and friends, let's take a look at how this is woven into this whole passage. Even when Paul talks about the fivefold, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, who is he really describing? He's describing Jesus. Because, you know, elsewhere in Scripture, you, you see Jesus described as the apostle of our faith, the prophet, the, you know, Jesus is the evangelist, he preaches the good news. Now, the word pastor is not used for Jesus explicitly, but the word shepherd, which is the pastoral nature of Jesus. And, of course, you know, he was a teacher who taught with authority that everyone was, ast was astonished. Christ-likeness is revealed in the fruit of the Spirit. Christ-likeness is revealed in the gifts of the Spirit. And by the way, it is not one or the other. It is both. It is producing the fruit of the Spirit along with craving, eagerly desire, the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I was just thinking, what if when we look at each other, Oh, let me just turn that around. When others look at us, we make sure that they see Jesus in us. What if husbands and wives woke up every morning, if you do wake up together, and say, wow, you are a Christian. <laughs> Good morning, Christian spouse. <laughs> Good morning, Christian. Good morning, little Christ. Good morning, anointling, because you are an image of the anointed one. You are Jesus to me this morning. And not say anything else that may not be quite that flattering. What about at the, what about at the end of the day? You go to bed and you look at each other and say, wow, good night, dear Christian, little Christ, anointed one. See, the ones that are not married are laughing. All the married ones are like, hmm. <laughs> Friends, it is about the character of Christ that is being molded and developed in us, and you can't rush that. It is something that takes time. Of course, we have to extend grace to each other, but our goal is maturity. We are called to be the mature body of Christ. But I'll just mention one more marker of, um, of maturity, and then, then we will move into some uh, prayer time. Another marker of maturity is humility, which Paul again mentions in the earlier part of this passage. I, I have a new definition of humility. 
Humility is knowing that you have it all without being a know-it-all. You know who you have. You know what you have. Every spiritual blessing is sort of for you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But the way that you live out of that is with the humility of Jesus who did not hold on to his high position as something to be grasped. And friends, ultimately, what the mature body of Christ does, it builds itself up. You don't always need somebody to keep on building it. You put in motion by recognizing the fivefold, by releasing others to walk in their fivefold calling and anointing. And I'm just going to say to you, from my, my experience of observing many congregations and being part of Lake Mount for the past few years, is that this is where God is taking Lake Mount. This is what Pastor Matt and Lisa and all the leadership, the pastoral team uh, that, that receives you know, their instructions, their marching orders from them, this is what we are growing here is a mature body of Christ. And, and Pastor Matt, of course, you know, moves, I believe, in all five offices. You know, he's got apostolic grace, prophetic insight, evangelical zeal, a pastoral heart, and teaching with authority. I should have heard a very loud amen for that one. Okay? And that's why the, the image of the hibiscus being transplanted, it is transplanted, you are transplanted, into fertile soil that is being cultivated and is being cultivated constantly just so that we resemble the church in Antioch that Pastor Matt has been talking about. And so, for, so friends, I'm just going to stop there uh, this morning and uh, let, let's, let's pray. We've been feeling the, the movement of the Holy Spirit right from the time we started the service today. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does very well is conviction. And an ounce of conviction from the Holy Spirit is way more powerful than a pound of convincing by anyone including the preacher and I'm sensing that the convicting work of the Holy Spirit has been manifesting in two primary ways this morning with every head bowed and eye closed I'm sensing in my spirit that there are some of you here who are being convicted by the Holy Spirit to simply become part of the body of Christ because you're still on the outside. And the Lord wants me to tell you that you don't have to be there any longer. You just need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart 
that God raised him from the dead. And you are now part of the body. You are now a follower of Jesus. Your identity is changed in an instant. Now nobody's looking at you, so if that is you this morning, I would just ask you to put your hand up, put your right hand up, and signify to the Lord that you desire to say yes to that conviction and become part of the body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the work that you're doing. There's a second work of conviction that the Holy Spirit is also doing. And that is on those who are already part of the body. There's a call, not just to maturity, but also to grow in greater maturity. And if you are sensing that call this morning, I want you to just stand up where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And even among those of you who are standing, I feel like there's another group, maybe a smaller group, maybe it's all of you, I'm not sure, I just felt the Holy Spirit wanting me to say this this morning, who are saying this morning, I am committed to be part of the mature body of Christ, especially here at Lake Mount. And Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, and Pastor Matt as the apostolic father of our church, I want to signify that commitment this morning by stepping out of my comfort zone where I'm at and coming to the front and, and to, to seal that commitment because I publicly want to confess that before. If that's you, I invite you to come forward right now and just line up right at the front. I'm just going to wait about 30 seconds. If you heard that convicting call, come up right away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can come come over this way if you'd like. Can, can you all come closer to the middle? Okay. Come closer to the middle. Can I ask the pastoral staff and uh, any elders uh, in, in the church this morning to go and lay hands on those who are standing up front and come into agreement with them and release the grace that God has upon you into them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ooh. Can we have the rest of the congregation stretch your hands towards these and pray in the Spirit. Pray as you are led. 
Thank you, Lord. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for reminding us once again that the desire of your heart is not just for us to be simply the body of Christ, but to become the mature body of Christ. And Lord, we thank you for the work that you do, that only you can do. Lord, we ask that each and every one here who desires that maturity will hear from you so that we will do what only we can do to keep on growing, to keep on maturing until we reach the full measure of the stature of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. also ask the prayer team to come forward. Friends, if you came here this morning and you have any kind of burden uh, that you need someone to come into agreement with you in prayer, someone to pray for you, whatever that need may be, we will have the prayer team stand right below the pulpit. So come on up here and don't go home without receiving prayer. Linger as long as you need to. You're not going to rush what the Holy Spirit is doing. Take your time. And if you need to go, we understand we release you to do that. Have a great week. And we will see you all next Sunday. for listening to today's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakemount.ca or download our app for your mobile device. 